You are listening to Bolivian. It is Valentine's Day, 2022. Well, uh, since it's Valentine's Day, we've got to only be loving. No hate. Just love. Kisses. But of course. Hugs. And all that good stuff. We're going to do Valentine's Day Oblivion style. Yeah, the Rohypnol, I guess that's what uh, <laughs> it's the uh, Valentine's Day Oblivion. So there, I think there are two takes on Valentine's Day, which is the traditional one and then the um, rebellious one, right? Or the uh, the, re- the the rejection of Valentine's Day, right? The people that don't believe in it and think that <laughs> it, it's just uh, it's another sort of consumer uh, those, those cynics that don't believe in the little baby flying baby it was it's not inclu- <laughs> right it's not inclusive like here comes santa claus and now here comes uh the floating baby with the arrow and, um and, it, and it's just a hallmark holiday anyway and I, I may have uh, told this story uh, before, so I'll make this super brief. But I just remember uh, it's got to be 10 years now when it was Valentine's Day and uh, I was out in the afternoon and I was uh, single, believe it or not. And um, so I'm just uh, I'm, I'm walking around and I'm thinking, well, I know what's going to happen like around seven o'clock everyone's going to go out to eat. So I went to this one place. It was 435 and uh, it was a place I enjoyed. I had a a couple of drinks and some uh, appetizers. Sure enough, the people pour in. And uh, the one thing that was so obvious is that everybody was in a bad mood, right? (laughs) Like there just wasn't anything fun about it, but here was me, right? The single person by himself like getting there when everybody else isn't there and i could just uh, have a relaxed conversation with the server and then uh have a good relaxed time and then it wasn't long after the place uh filled up that i said okay i've i've got a i've got a split and i guess you could bring that to today and say that's kind of the problem with our culture right is that people don't know how to function outside of the mob uh, they, they can't move independently right like the people in easy rider do you know they have to be in a mob and do the same things that the mob uh does um but then the the rejection part of of uh, to valentine's day is that it's not inclusive and it's elitist and aryan and so people who are bitter right valentine's day is certainly uh could be a rough time of year for someone who's bitter they had gotten uh screwed over in a relationship burned uh or if just relationships aren't working out if they're jealous of someone uh but you know my take on it is it doesn't have to be either one of those things uh we can just see it as a holiday right and it's just another chance to spread a uh, good cheer just like you don't have to be irish to think, oh, it's St. Patrick's Day, maybe I'll wear green. Like, you're not making any kind of emphatic endorsement. I, of I, don't, I don't want to get pinched. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I mean, there's important reasons to observe these holidays. It's protection. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I've definitely felt, I can't say I haven't felt the cynicism and annoyance at uh, Valentine's Day because there is is the pressure that's around it uh, if you're uh, uh, attached or not. You know, it's it's, just, okay, well, you're not attached. It's like, what's wrong with you? When are you going to? Yeah. you know, hook up. And, um, if you're with someone, you've got to really dazzle them. And both ends I think are miserable, right. And they're outdated and, uh, people don't want to be self-reflective and look at these archaic things that we do. Like we live in the fourth century that, Oh, today's this day. I have to do this. Like, no, you don't you can do whatever you want, <laughs> but it's a holiday. So you can spread good cheer. Right. I mean, the, uh, well, I got a, a a latte the other day that put a they put a heart on it. It wasn't a red heart; it was a purple heart. That must be because of my immaculate military service. <laughs> um, you you mean you were out out of the house? You were, where did you go to get a latte? No, I I just went to the drive-through to get a. Oh, okay. Right, they put it on the uh, social distancing there. Right. Um, uh, they've given me some pretty, uh, yeah, which, which I guess there's the whole, um, yeah, that's, um, which makes me think about mass mandates and, uh, people, everybody has to get together on, think, on Valentine's, right? Uh, right. Or on any right. holiday. Right. So it didn't have to be done that way. But I was just going to say that, you know, anytime that there's a chance to generally show affection to our fellow humans, that people should do it. And I think that if you don't have compassion and understanding, you are not an educated person. And if you lack those attributes and you carry yourself as though that you're educated, you're a fraud, right? I mean, that would be pretty much everybody in Washington, (laughs) D.C. And to go back to the discussions we've had last week and previously, in many parts of the country, certainly the South, certainly in Kentucky, I think that it just completely, um, almost like people have taken pride in not having these characteristics because I really think that they are associated with weakness. And that definitely is a fascist culture that has an attitude that that's like that, you know, and that's pretty rotten. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking of the thing that happened with masks uh, this week is that the, now finally the Democrat, uh, uh, gov- Democratic governors, Democrat, Democrat, Democrat governors, right, are giving up on the mask mandates. Uh, pretty much, they've joined right. the Trump School of Epidemiology. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the normalization. The Santa School of Medicine. <laughs> I mean, they did had to have to wait. Come uh, one, come all. Yeah, I mean, they did have to uh, wait for the Omicron to come down some, right? Even though the deaths really are still going pretty good. But uh, well, the, and the case numbers are still high. I mean, that's the thing that they can't get Americans to 
uh, understand anything that's the least bit complex. It's like just because the numbers are going down sharply doesn't mean they can still be high, right? Like if you fall from the if you fall from the 80th story, that is still a long way to fall, <laughs> even though it's not as high as say the 114th story. Yeah, they've pretty much given up on it, and as far as doing anything, so this is. Uh, I guess it'll only be a certain amount of skull of disingenuous scolding will be about the only thing. Left. Well, think about how backwards everything has gone. I mean, it's gone from vaccine mandate to don't even have a mask mandate. I mean, not even having a mask mandate is is really stupid. And really, what everybody needs to do is after two years of just being inundated with uh, information. And it's, it is uh, understandable to change policy and outlook based on the data, right? But that would be the synchronic message, right? But there still needs to be some effort to have an overarching message. And that definitely has been missing from the experts. So let's give this a try, which is something like, until further notice, the pandemic is not over, wear a mask, get vaccinated, get boosted, avoid large crowds. Because if we are going to, if we insist on living with the virus, that's really how you have to live with it, right? Or you'll keep spreading it, you'll keep mutating it. Right. And then it's basically a coin flip, like it'll either be less virulent or more virulent than whatever is the current in vogue coronavirus of the day. Now, <laughs> Omicron. Right. Yeah. Maybe we're going to have Omicron 2.0, the BA2. That thing is. Uh, but for sure, like, I mean, nothing changed in terms of the science and, uh, with regard to uh, if it keeps spreading, you know, it'll keep mutating. I mean, this, and people still have this attitude that if they just get tired enough of it, that it'll go away. And that is definitely childish, right? That's where you just see a nation, like a collective mind that is incapable and unwilling to grow up like like you have to sometimes maybe push and prod an adolescent to um, face some certain things uh, but la la land right there's a la la land fairy just, tale just one step before you get to oblivion is la la land <clears throat> there you go yeah so let's see what <laughs> Dave, I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at the world map, um, and uh, Dave and I are what's waiting for you after La La Land. Anyway, go ahead. Right. So let's see. What is Denmark? Looking at map. Oh my God. Yeah, I guess Denmark's uh, is up there. Yeah, number one. Uh, it's just amazing. It's eight hundred for one hundred thousand. That is just. Uh, they, they in just, terms of new cases, yeah, for uh, cases, yeah, 
And well, I wonder if maybe among the epidemiologists themselves that they've sort of said, um, you know, there just isn't any way to stop it, you know, but they're not going to come right out and say that. Uh, because it wasn't that long ago, say maybe late spring of 2021, when Denmark was being hailed along with Portugal as like the models to follow in terms of reaching herd immunity through uh, immunization. But um, there just I think there are just too many breakthrough cases, and the it's the waning of the vaccine. And gosh, I don't know. I mean, I I think even if you have like 72%, 80% vaccinated, that still maybe isn't enough with this thing. And it's in, you know, in real life, it's always a matter of the actual test in the real world. Like what will happen when we try to end this with the vaccine? And the good thing about the vaccine is it has conferred a significant increase in a sense of safety for those of us that aren't just um, insane and refuse to get vaccinated. I'm, uh, I'm looking. I'm looking on Germany, and I guess one of the main reasons that just the deaths are not nearly as bad. Uh, the reported cases are, of course, uh, exponentially more than they were. Uh, say Germany. I'm, I'm saying that because I've got the. Uh, this New York Times thing, and it only has certain uh, uh, countries that have details of the graphs. So Germany is the highest one right now that has a graph. It's got like 200-something uh, right now. Uh, contrasting from, let's say, when it was the peak in the United States last winter, it had a peak, but it was 25,000 uh, daily average. Now it's near the peak, uh, two hundred thousand. Uh, so eight, nine times higher, but the death uh, is probably it was eight hundred deaths a day back uh, a year ago in the winter, and now it's about a hundred. Well, it peaked about two hundred fifty. So it's much less deadly, uh, at least in Germany. And uh, so I guess that's the calculus, is that they just think Omicron is not. Uh, uh, but, yeah, the, the opening up is a little bizarre to me. because it's, uh, Denmark just decided to just open her on up. I, you know, I, I wish it would, you could confer immunity, but that, that's the thing that doesn't appear to, uh, uh, you know, I'm still confused about the immunity thing, right? It's just like, is this thing has like no <laughs> immunity? Is it just going to keep surging back just the same every time? And no, <laughs> well, this is going to dent it. And, um, I, and these countries are highly vaccinated, and it's just right. blowing through. Now, Germany is not great. Uh, it's 75%. Uh, they don't have details. I wonder if, like, for the moment, it's a matter of thinking that the combination of the less virulent strain plus the fact so many people have been vaccinated 
but they're hoping that maybe this will finally be the end of it. But I think that the the real looming question as we come out of winter and we have spring and summer approaching is what happens after Omicron. And I just don't at all have the feeling that this is going to be the end of it. I just don't see that happening. I mean, because it's just been so bad the whole way. Um, what do you think? You mean it's not going to go back down, you mean, or, or what do you I just think we're, something's going to happen where, I mean, I'm asking what's going to happen after Omicron. Like, it, it, it'll even well, Yeah, that's, that's what I'm just, yeah, that's why I'm just, I just have no idea because. Um, and that's worrisome. I, I mean, I feel like, yeah, and it's worrisome in that I'm, you're, what's really bugged me is how that, Initially, you know, there was all this uh, talk about there being herd immunity, that you could reach amount of immunity that would occur at some point if people were vaccinated enough, mixed with people that got uh, natural immunity, that it would, you know, there was this target. And at first it was, what, 70% or something like that of the population. And right. then it went up to 80, and then this went up to 90. And now I'm not sure that there's any, you know, uh, hundred percent would not do it. So I'm, um, if that's the case, of course it's going to be coming back and, and, and very annoying. But but (laughs) here's the thing though, these are, these are some things to keep in mind, right? In in the United States, I mean, it's only something like 64% who are vaccinated and it's under 50%. Like I think it's some, somewhere in the forties. Yeah. Of people who are vaccinated and boosted. So one of the problems is that the percent, the very high percentage of people to get vaccinated was never realistic because there were just too many people who were going to refuse to do it. Right. And that wasn't taken into consideration. But when you look at but when you look at, say, Denmark, uh, it's just through the roof. They're highly vaccinated. Yes, but but how highly? What's the actual number? Like what I recall is something like 72 percent. And really, you need to get to be something like 90 percent. What are Portugal's numbers? Uh, Uh, Portugal is pretty much the highest. It's 94 percent. So Portugal's higher than Denmark? Uh, 90%. I'm sorry, 90%. 94 is like have something. Uh, let's see. Then it's Cuba is next. It's Carble, socialist country. Well, I didn't, I, I skipped by UAE and Brunei. They're the highest. Portugal, Cuba, Chile, uh, still 90, Malta 91, mainland China 88%. Those crazy Chinese. Argentina, 79. That's pretty impressive. Um, now, wait, what are what are China's numbers again? Uh, let's see. China's 88%. Uh, then it, uh, Cuba, South Korea, Singapore, 85. Cambodia, 84. Spain, 82. Denmark, 81. So, 
Okay, but in terms of uh, all right, I, I see uh, what I meant with the Portugal is is what, what are what are the numbers for Portugal's uh, oh. new cases? So if Portugal's the most vaccinated population, what are the what do their numbers look like for new cases? Hovering over it. And so Portugal is 235 per 100,000. Spain's 123. France is 206. And of course, Denmark is nearly 800. Okay, so are Portugal's numbers relatively low? Well, I mean, 235 is pretty bad. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the United States is back down to 52. We were like up near. 250 or whatever they uh, Yeah, you hold over some. There's some that are 80, like Poland, Ukraine, 82. Uh, they're all going to die in a war here shortly, so who cares? Right. <laughs> Romania and uh, 118. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess 130. If, if it's tearing through Portugal, and Portugal is the ninety percent, yeah, highest has the highest vaccination rate, then you have to look at it in terms of like the vaccine um, isn't going to stop it. But what the vaccine is valuable for is it keeps people alive. And that end of it, as I understand it, the vaccines have been quite successful. And ultimately, I mean, that's what makes this a threat, right? I mean, it isn't infections in and of themselves are not necessarily. Well, but I mean, beyond, but I mean, beyond the threat, sure, that's the ultimate threat. It's the but mortality rate. It's the mortality rate, but there's plenty of other harm that's going on there. I mean, even, even if it's a flu-level disease you're getting every six months, that's not so great. <laughs> and, you know, you got, the right. long, you got the long COVID things and, and right. uh, you know, you just don't know. Like I was, Abby Martin, who's a independent journalist. like a slow, grueling death for humanity. Where for instance, Abby, Abby Martin, uh, she's an uh, independent journalist. And she got COVID recently. And she, like, had these terrible uh, body I guess cramps or uh, these intense pains all around the whole body was, uh, yeah. So it's like, it can just really be weird and fucked up. I mean, it sounds like she's all right now, but God, it's just so strange. And, and what's really worrying, I think in the long term beyond this, this being this new super flu, uh, basically is that how about, you know, variants is, I, I don't see why there isn't any reason that there could be uh, a more deadly Omicron, right? I mean, and there isn't, there isn't uh, any reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, that's got to be down the pike if we can't get rid of this thing. Uh, uh, once it gets in the population so and it's endemic, then we're just going to have to be expecting, you know, wave after wave and one could be, the whole new world, really. Right. It's, it's normal, I, man. I Accept it. Back to my the, 
the argument that I've been making for some time that if biologically this thing just does not taper off um, for whatever reason, um, then most of the world will get to a point where it will say we, we have to put an end to it. Because here's the thing. We do have the knowledge and we do have the tools to stop it. What we don't have are the skills. We don't have the will to do it, right? We don't have the self-discipline. We don't have the desire to, to adapt to a new way of thinking. But if we prepared and people would lock themselves down, you know, at the local community level, um, you can get it under control. I, I just don't, I just don't, well, I just totally disagree. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what was way too late. I mean, probably the, we passed across uh, the Rubicon back in March of 2020, as far as I was concerned. Uh, if we, we had let done it, the, we let it through the turnstile. Yeah, we let it through the turnstile and now it's just, it's there. I mean, I don't, the lockdown that would be required uh, would just be a shutdown society for lack of weeks where nobody is getting out and nobody's moving around and that's just just not really um, feasible. I mean, they were able to do it in China basically because it hadn't spread through all of China. They were able to limit it to uh, regions, but especially some cities uh, really clamp it down there and they were able to nip it out, but now it's everywhere. Uh, And just the logistics, I don't, you know, China wouldn't be able to do it either. If they, if it had gotten away from them, they hadn't have been able to to get it. I mean, they you just chi- even China would not be able to just like totally shut down for two weeks. You know what I mean? Uh, at least I can't conceive how it would be possible. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's just a matter of um, you. It's it's not a matter of like what is feasible has a way of being flexible depending on what the circumstances are. And if you, I'm just asking, I'm putting this forward as a scenario. If you have a version of Omicron that is, say, more lethal than Delta, right? Mm -hmm. It is possible that it will get to a point that it will make people um, finally look at this differently. You know, they might finally because I just wonder when the healthcare workers, they're really the only ones who can really know what this is from actually seeing it and experiencing it, right? If, and if, if you're not one of those people, you don't know it because the only other people who know it are the ones who, who died. And they're not here to impart what it's actually like. But if everybody gets that close to it, where it's someone that is really close to them goes through this and they start dying and get and getting really sick, I mean, that in and of itself will effectively paralyze society. I mean, that'll already make it where it can't function the way you think it has to function, which is why you can't lock down. And so the choice will be if society is going to, you know, basically grind to a halt, wouldn't it be better to do it voluntarily and save people's lives 
Well, yeah, okay. I'll grant you, I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. Say, let's uh, if um, uh, we have like a uh, super COVID and it's like Omicron plus smallpox, and you know it's killing people left and right, and it's killing the young people, and thirty percent of people are dying, and it's just going on and on. Uh, yeah, I, I would see that uh, there would be such a shock to the system at that point. Uh, and uh, again, it was that's why Omicron just isn't going to push that. Possible. Yeah, yeah, and and that's why I'm saying is it's like if you get a situation like that, yeah, then I think it would be on definitely on the table. People like, man, we got to figure out how to get this fucking out of here. You know, right? We we're going to have to like, you know, save up. Um, I mean, this is how you could you could do it. You like everybody uh, will be supplied for the two weeks, and we're gonna goddamn everybody's gonna quarantine, right? And uh, we're just gonna eliminate it. And um, right, yeah, that would work. Uh, but uh, I don't think that people would, uh, or especially businesses and uh, the people that run the show, uh, yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna do that voluntarily. Uh, for us, well, no, it would have to be you're, demanded. You're right. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, so yeah. So uh, as we're just as we're saying, it's just like they're totally into the denialism of it. Uh, well, no, they're they're getting off on making everybody walk the plank. You know, it's starve to death or die. Work, work, work. It's the same thing as the candle factory in the tornado. It's like it doesn't matter how much your safety is is endangered. You might take this home. Get in that classroom, proctor that SAT. Uh, it's total just cruelty and and wanting people to have to endure maximum stress all the time. Something that the human being is definitely not built for. I mean, we do have uh, an adrenaline uh, fight or flight system, but it's not meant to be used all the time, and it isn't for any living thing. I mean, you can watch these nature shows and see these animals and they're Chewy, eating something alive and chasing, but you know, they don't do that all the time. You know, they, they hunt and then when they eat, okay, I'm full. Right. And then they just sort of hang out and sleep most of the day, themselves, but it's not like, go ahead. Sleep most of the day, have sex. Yeah. I mean, there are other things that happen in nature besides uh, this, you know, constant, uh, uh, fight or flight, but, um, um, yeah, man. Just need love, man. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and of course this Canadian thing that's been going on. The Canadian oh my God! Character. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> I've been meaning to talk about that. It's definitely American engineer. <laughs> Don't you think? Well, uh, I, I think that I don't think it's engineered. Uh, but there's definitely the Trumpian style influence, Trumpian influence on the right wing of Canada. Uh, that's definitely part of it. Um, and um, but it's interesting the react Canada's reaction, right? But it was it, it was only through like the U.S. saying, you know, you guys got in this shit. You know, we're not making the money up there. That's the ultimate sin. So that's that's when the crackdown happened there at the border bridge. Uh, 
but uh, you know, it's interesting how Canada is. Uh, well, well, it's it's not it's not interesting. It's uh, it puts into relief the draconian police state uh, added to the United States because you know that wouldn't have lasted a fucking day, man. They would have been they would have been on those goddamn truckers and uh, beat the shit out of them, hauling it all out of there, and um, pretty sure the murder. Oh yeah. Well, it's mainly just because. Um, yeah, I, th- I definitely think so. Uh, and like I said, that's how why it was cleared up across the border. Uh, they didn't seem like there was any hurry for them to start opening it until we said, you know, it was like, we got to open this up, guys. Now, <laughs> uh, well, we'll the, the, even though the truckers, aren't they against like the the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates isn't that kind of the point right yeah right but uh yeah i don't i don't think the big business uh cares either way uh, about that you know if they're losing money man they're not happy right uh they don't care vaccine or not uh <laughs> that's what the u.s is all about so it's uh you know in, in ottawa uh you know for instance january 6th you know, we didn't like let them hang out there and block the streets and stuff for whatever a month now. How, how many weeks is it? <laughs> uh, it's been a while. It's yeah, been, it's been weeks for sure. Yeah, it's been weeks, and and uh, you know, January sixth, you know, we just beat the shit out of them. Uh, once we finally got some people there and got them out of there, there's no way that like that if truckers had gone to the capital and like block shit, I they would have fucking nuked up, you know? <laughs> set the drones in. <laughs> yeah, set the drones in. Now you're going to know what it's like to be a civilian. Exploding tanker truck like in Mad Max. Yeah, I, th- I think I remember somebody Mad Max Thunderdome mentioning that in relation to this this trucker thing. Uh, so, from a cultural standpoint, uh, did you watch the uh, Super Bowl? Did you take any interest in it? Uh, I watched it without the sound. I never turned the sound up. Uh, did you watch the halftime show? No, I missed that. Um, was that any good? Did you watch it? Well, I had uh, I had mixed feelings about it. It was uh, Snoop Dogg, uh, Dr. Dre, uh, Eminem, uh, they, and they actually they did a, a really good job. But the whole packaging of the NFL as uh, is just so obviously the complete opposite of I think the image of what people like Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, and Eminem appear to be mm. that. I'm the kind of person where it's really hard to see through that phoniness, right? I can't just do the American mm. turn your brain off and just scream and yell because everybody else is screaming and yelling. Uh, and really just the whole way with the NFL that you have the, the caller, uh, the Colin uh, Kaepernick uh, mistreatment of, of him, right? Simply trying to draw issues, to, uh, draw attention to uh, 
uh, racial injustice and the you know horrible, brutal treatment of of uh, of black people, right? George Floyd, right? Breonna Taylor, uh, Eric Garner, um, and so for them to for the NFL to basically you know blackball, blacklist um, Kaepernick and, and tear him down, vilify him. Right. So what do you do when that is really what the NFL is, if you're following me here, but then you're bringing, right, the rapper, right, Snoop Dogg, and this clearly um, black culture, right? I mean, it is fair to say that, you know, rap is, is a black art form. So what do you think? I mean, am I being uh, overly analytical here or? Well, yeah, I, 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 um, yeah, I think a critical eye on the thing is good because, um, uh, uh, you know, and Eminem took the knee. Apparently, I saw a photo of that, uh, and uh, yeah, doing that on that stage when it was basically just totally shut down, right? The whole they co-opted it partially. Uh, the whole bend the knee thing. Um, right. I mean, to tap so, it down, and then it's just like you don't hear anything about it anymore. It's just uh, now Eminem can take the knee, and it's the whole but image. There's nothing that, at stake for Eminem, right? I right. Mean, he's a performer, and he's going to do his thing for. And the other thing is, think about the money that these people made right. to do like 12 minutes of <laughs> entertainment, and they they made bank. Now, one of the things I read on social media. I can't confirm this, but I haven't heard anybody deny it either, is that the dancers weren't paid, right? They had to compete to be, right, on the, but you get to be on the Super Bowl halftime show, so that's an incredible honor. Talk about total exploitation, right? Like, you can't hmm. have the show without the dancers. <laughs> right, like you either have the yeah. production or you don't. Um, yeah, so that does, that's totally pathetic. All that, all that money sloshing around. That no, they're gonna. You know. And it's hard. It's hard to pretend like you, you, you don't see it, and that you're walking around like, yeah, I'm gangster, I'm bad, like I'm a, you know, I'm a homie and all. And it's like, but you're really the patriarchy. You know, you're now. Plus, these people are kind of old, right? I mean, uh, Eight Mile Eminem is 2002. <laughs> you know, that's 20 years ago. So. It's that's this is not you know this is not the new thing, and the same thing with Snoop Dogg. I mean, I think Snoop Dogg is awesome, but he's been around. So, and and, it, and he's and he's also he's also right? it's very very commercial, you know. So right, and 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 it's and it's a little annoying, you know. He's a big pot advocate, which you know, great, uh, but. Right. Surrounding it is the commercialization, right? So, right, right. He, and he's definitely a safe person because he's able to have all these commercials. I see him on commercials all the time, sales that and the other. Yep. Uh, so, you always got to keep that in mind. Now, I don't know about Eminem uh, if he does commercials. Do you see him in commercials? I'm not sure that that he does. And I mean, and I don't want to go so far as to say that you know these are bad people because right. they put on a great performance at Super Bowl. But sure. it's more like what they're standing for. 
and 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 what the audience mm. is buying into um versus the reality you know like you are definitely propping up for sure the antithesis of what you appear to be right i mean the nfl is hardcore uh, right-wing extremist organization i mean it's racist it's anti-free speech it brutalizes people there's the whole concussion saga of all these people that played in previous decades uh the the banning of, of kaepernick is is really bad i mean there's just a lot of seedy things about it um and for me it sort of uh connects to the looming lockout for major league baseball because actually uh, right now is about what's that i haven't heard about that oh yeah like it's yet another one of these things like with the country in year number two of the pandemic let's yet again hear about how all these rich people are just more workers and owners you know labor and ownership in a dispute right just like the people at the local 591 in uh chicago <laughs> this is exactly the same thing and um uh, like that, that they would actually deprive and and that's what they're they can't the that's what's the ultimately at stake here and that none of these people can deny is like all you're really talking about doing is you're going to deprive the fans of baseball season right and you're just totally acting like these people don't matter and so i'm beginning to think that i mean is it possible and of course we both know it isn't but it's still it's worth um, pontificating on is it possible that these organizations could finally become so repugnant that there will be some sort of great resignation of the sports fan. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I, I kind of doubt it. Uh, I, I just don't see any movement in that direction. You know, it's inertia. Like, yeah, it's it's the. Yeah, the inertia and the color, especially yeah, I, I think because because uh, to your previous points, point about the conformity of our culture. Uh, I mean, you definitely can't get much more a reactionary and conformist, uh, um, not progressive culture than sports when it comes to right. The, right. I mean, it's very uh, rigid. Um, there's not much room for creativity. You know, there's some beauty to it, sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, and it's depoliticized, um, uh, which you know maybe it's sort of a good thing, right? I mean, um, ha- having the, for instance, the baseball example where it's the pastoral sport, it's, um, uh. You know, it's not really um, political uh, looked at uh, as such, uh, but uh, so, so it's this haven of being uh, quote apolitical. Um, so, you know, would people really uh, politicize uh, sports like you're suggesting? And I, I just, I just don't see it because it's like they don't. Do they it want to shut it out of their mind. Yeah, so yeah, uh, 
Right. They shut it out and everywhere else. So they're definitely not going to do it there uh, where they feel right. like they're, they're escaping. Uh, well, I just uh, think um, America is an incredibly conservative society. And, and one attribute of, of an incredibly conservative society is that people are totally set in their ways. And it's a, it's an irony because America is a relatively young country. But I just think that America, because it's relatively young, it never, it doesn't have any history that predates technology. I mean, it has a little bit of a history, but, um, uh, you know, for a country that's, I mean, 1776 to now is like 18, 19, that's, you know, 200 and then um, 250 years old. Um, and really, oh, you know, 150 of that has been post-Industrial Revolution. And so America's always just been fixated on media and the movies and it's just what life revolves around and and people won't give it up and that again i think is a big reason we've had such a problem with the pandemic is it was a disruption and to have dealt with it would have been a disruption to this routine and americans can't deal with their humanity like if you're if your routine is disrupted then there might be some self-reflection right suddenly what do i do now and instead of that being like a great thing, it opens up all these possibilities. I could go for a walk. I could write a poem. I could learn to paint, right? Uh, who knows? You could do all, all kinds of things. Maybe I could just meditate, do nothing. Um, there's, there's always the freak out. You know, we have to go to school just because that's what we do. And we have to have the sports because they're there. And you're right. You're right. It's, it's, good, it's a very good point to talk about the, the real value in America isn't of sports, isn't so much the love of the athletics, but it's a chance to depoliticize one's existence, right? To live in that fairy tale and sort of shut everything off. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you're, or you're the devoted fan who's uh, deeply interested in what these people were doing on the field. The, uh, you know, which is not to say that's uh, something bad about that, but uh, to to expect uh, politicization to come out of that situation uh, uh, is unlikely. Yeah. It it would be interesting though if there is a lockout, like if they were to miss well, some. Well, what's the reason they're doing this? Is it? Well, they're all, always arguing over money, right? I mean, Major League Baseball players make insane salaries, like especially the stars. Like the the contracts that, that they sign these people to, I mean, I wish I had some of the figures in front of me, but they're, um, I mean, 20, easily. 20, 30 million a year or something. I mean, maybe not uh, that much, but you know, definitely over 10 million a year for, for some of them. Like if you wanted to, uh, try a uh, Bryce Harper of the Philadelphia Phillies. Like, type that in, see if you can find out what his salary is. I mean, it's, it's insane. <laughs> and so, I just think. How do you spell that? Bryce, B R I C. B R Y C E space capital H A R P E R. 
but I know he makes an insane salary. And the, the, the fact that these people like to go back to, you know, comparison and 13 years, 330 million contract, 13 years, 330 million. Can you break that down? Do you have a calculator? Or well, it's about, it's about, uh, 30 million. Well, oh, it 30 is? million a year. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to bring up my calculator and <laughs> see if I can do this by amazing technology machine. <laughs> Uh, and and not uh, you still there? Yeah, yeah. All right. So I brought the calculator up. So that's three hundred and thirty million dollars. Yeah. Over thirteen years. That's twenty five point three eight million dollars a year. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot about the twenty million dollar signing bonus. I, I this. You know, basically, this guy's saying I don't make enough money, right? I'm, I, I'm, I can't feed my family. I'm going to hold out. <laughs> Think about that, right? Meanwhile, the piece. Are they the one, Are they the ones leading it? How about the low end? Uh, well, I mean, not even speak of the. I'm sure the minor league people. What do they get? Like thirty a year, or if that. Um, or, well, now, yeah, they really get stepped over, right? It's that hierarchy again, where yeah. like most yeah. people don't get to make anything, but then we'll we'll prop these people at the top and just push them into the stratosphere and pay them a fortune, right? And then underpay drastically everyone else. But yeah, I mean, how do you make $25 million a year <laughs> and then tell people that you're not going to work because of a dispute, right? So and you're going to deprive baseball fans, you know, many of whom are the ones that, you know, they have this grind of, of a life trying to make ends meet. And baseball is this big thing they can look forward to where after, you know, slogging it through another day, they can go to the old ballpark or they can go to the bar and get hammered and watch the game you know, okay to think of okay here 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 are some uh this is going to depress you uh, <laughs> how much minor league uh baseball players make uh high and low a two three hundred to five hundred a week uh up to triple a five hundred to seven hundred so that's fifteen thousand a year for triple a Oh wow! But but I mean I was I was right. I mean it's an extreme um, hierarchy. That's pathetic. Like you you make five hundred dollars a week if you're in AAA. If you could make it into the majors and sign a contract, now you're a billionaire. I mean you just have to wonder like why do all those people put up with it? Like how come all the minor leaguers don't just get together and say? You know you have to have us. Like you, the major league baseball would fall apart if you didn't have the minor leagues because you gotta. People get injured, they get old, and, and you have to have players. Where are they going to come from? They fall well, out of the sky. I, you know the answer. It's just uh, everybody for themselves attitude of the culture, and I guess especially sports worth a competitive thing, right? I'm number one. I'm you know, so you know, well, sure. I'm not. I'm not going to get together with you guys. And, Egotistical. I'm going to be the one to make it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'll be the one to make it. And it's also, I think, um, you know, if if I lose, um, 
one long it's worth it to see you lose both um or i mean i guess these days if if i lose both longs it's worth (laughs) it just to see you lose one but um (laughs) but just to, to think that well you know maybe you're making 500 a week uh but this other person's only making 300 you know and and you just got a new watch and that other person doesn't doesn't have it so yeah i just think it's amazing you got, that, you got to step your game up you so can yeah. see how so yeah I, i'm assuming in these negotiations there's not going to be much talk about uh uh like um bryce uh given 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 if harper giving uh giving a few of his millions distribute a few of his millions to his minor league uh brethren and this is probably not going to occur right right so, yeah i mean you can just tell how there is just zilch in terms of leftist influence in this culture right both from the standpoint of the the players, like the minor leaguers, like they won't organize. Like it would be interesting if they had a minor league strike. Mm. They said, you know what, you're going to pay them that kind of money. We're done. Like we're not going to play. Forget it. They could do that. But well, yeah. So I guess do they even have um, a representation, or is it just major league? Well, I don't know. I mean, union. I, I'm not. I mean, we can look into that. But the thing is, is with this, with the fans, though. Like, I just can't imagine having self-esteem that is so low that if I was just a regular person and you know didn't have so much money that I didn't have to worry about it, and I was a baseball fan, and they were going to take it away from me because people who make twenty-five million dollars a year think that they're not getting enough money. I would say, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm not going to do this anymore. But they can't do it. Well, the, the, the answer is they don't. They don't. They're not represented. So. The minor leaguers are not represented. Uh, yeah, we're gonna. We're gonna they could to still go on strike, right? And they could then, among other things, demand that they get representation in there. But that just shows you about the labor practices in this country is, no, they don't need to have representation. Uh, no, we can't care about um, what these people might, might need. All of that would be wrong. Yeah. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna have to cut it short uh, today because I've, I've got to, uh, speaking of Valentine's, Nancy's going to the grocery store. I've got to talk to her it's there. So all right, well we don't take wanna... a, take take us on out. All right. Um uh for the beloved <laughs> David Vernon Miller, this is Dr. David Overby wishing you and yours a happy Valentine's Day, and you've been listening to the Oblivion Podcast. Hugs and kisses. <laughs>